Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Market Source Real Estate, and Five Wives Vodka. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. All right, let's welcome everybody to episode 387 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. And if this is your first time listening to this show, you may be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We get to talk to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, really anyone who might have a cool story to share. And we're recording today right in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City in our podcast studio, and we're located way in the back of Empire Merchandise. Empire Merchandise is located at 680 South State Street. Now keep in mind, not only does Empire have an amazing selection of vape juice and vape accessories, but this is where you can come and purchase your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. So stop on by, check this place out, pick up a t-shirt, Hey, it's summertime. It's hot outside. You need to wear yourself a nice short-sleeved I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. And who's on the podcast today, Chrissy? Today on the podcast, we actually got to sit down and talk with Todd and Kristen Gardner, the owners of Taqueria 27. We got to find out their story on how they got started, what motivated them to get this restaurant up and running, and everything you need to know about their new hand-selected barrel of tequila from Casa Noble. We're going to be getting into that conversation here in just a moment, but before we do... Let's give love to one of our super awesome sponsors, Five Wives Vodka. Not only is Five Wives Vodka delicious, but they are local and they are super delicious, you guys. Hey, the next time you head on over to the state liquor store, pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka. The next time you head on over to your neighborhood bar, ask for Five Wives Vodka by name because every time you take a shot of Five Wives Vodka, you are supporting this podcast They actually have three different flavors. Chrissy and I are going to tell you about them. We're going to uh, inform you on some of their delicious flavors. They have the original Five Wives Vodka. This is the one made from Utah Mountain Spring Water. It's 100% distilled corn spirit, and it's gluten-free. The spring is actually tucked away and hidden in beautiful Ogden Canyon, so they're having to uh, hike this water out five gallons at a time because it's inaccessible by vehicle. And if you like a little more spice in your drink, you need to check out Five Wives Sinful. Sinful is delicious cinnamon-flavored vodka. It's unlike other cinnamon products that leave you a cinnamon candy taste in your mouth. Sinful is like a morning cinnamon roll, and it only has 76 calories per ounce. There's also the Five Wives Heavenly. This is a flavored vodka with a delicious vanilla taste. Heavenly's rich, buttery vanilla flavor, it comes through without coating your taste buds with sugar, and this results in more vanilla and less calories. Head on over to their website, fivewivesvodka.com. Go check it out. There is tons of recipes there. What's really cool, though, guys, for those of you that live outside of Utah, you can actually order your Five Wives Vodka right from their website. Really cool. So go check it out, fivewivesvodka.com. And as always, many thanks to Five Wives Vodka for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's jump into that conversation that we had with Todd and Kristen Gardner when they came over to hang out with us in our podcast studio to share their story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the conversation. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Utah or outside of Utah? I grew up in Utah. I grew up in Illinois. Where, whereabouts in Utah? Like right in, in Salt Lake? Yeah, or? I moved around a lot. Uh, my folks were divorced when I was young and I was born in Ogden. Okay. And so I lived seven or eight years in Ogden and then kind of in and around Salt Lake area for the rest. Ever, did you ever move away from I Salt lived, Lake? Or? Yeah, I lived in California for a time, a uh, very short time with, where, my, where in with my father in Santa Clara. Okay. But, you know, I'm rowdy teenager, stuck. didn't last very long. Always curious. I grew up in California, so I'm always curious, like, where, where are people from, mm-hmm. right? You know, I grew up down in Ventura, if you've ever been there. And then, Kristen, you said Illinois? Is yeah, that- yeah. My parents are outside of Chicago. I grew up in central Illinois. And what brought you to Utah then? 
Um, I graduated college and wanted to ski. <laughs> so you went to the U, BYU? Where no, I went to school in Southern Illinois. Oh, but then, so you graduate, you were like, I want to go ski. So you yeah. come to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, greatest snow on earth, Great I guess is what snow. they say. So how did the two of you meet them? Where, what's the story there? I got to I got to find out. So my first job here was a server at Log Haven and he was the sous chef. Oh, oh. and then it was the, the rest is history. And now you're you're running Taqueria 27 together. So it sounds like the both of you have always worked to a degree in the food industry. Is that correct? Or I have always worked always in the in food the, industry in the, ever since I was 10, I think. Just Has it always just kind of attracted you or what, what, uh, what's pulled you in that direction as far as... Uh, it's just what, food? yeah, it's just what I had the opportunity to do. I think the first job I got was a busboy. And I think I was saving for a shotgun so I could go bird hunting with my grandfather. And so that's how I did it. I was a paper boy before that. I've been working since I was seven or eight. But mostly money. In, in the food industry itself. Yeah, since I was 10. I had a little sojourn, a little side hustle for a couple of years, and uh, then just went back to it. And that's, yeah. And then Kristen, you've been in the food industry. I think I had my first serving job when I was... Well, I worked in like an ice cream shop when I was 15. And then as soon as I could serve, I worked at a breakfast place when I was 17 before I went to college. And then I bartended and waited tables all through college and moved here. And I mean, it's just a great way to make a living when you're young and oh, even yeah. when you're old. But, you know, it's very easy job to either work a lot or not at all. Or Yeah. yeah. I don't you know actually what Kristen was thinking. For? Uh, yeah. Lots of things. <laughs> nine degrees, this one over here. Um, let's see. Wait, nine degrees? No, I don't have nine. I have, I don't know. We can Almost count nine. them. <laughs> uh, I have a associates in aviation flight, a bachelor's in aviation management. So I was, I went through a flight school. Holy cow. And then I decided that that wasn't what I wanted to do. So then I got a bachelor's, a double major in geography and environmental science kind of thinking cartography maybe would pair with flight, but then I moved here and then I went back to school and I have an associates in radiologic technology. So I was a x-ray tech for a while. Oh my gosh. And then, then I went into CAT scan. So I worked in healthcare for 10 years, right? As we had our daughter and then we opened the restaurants and then, so wow. yeah, I have lots of degrees and now I don't use any You're like a them. woman of many trades. <laughs> Holy cow. That's amazing. Well, I'm really good at school. So, <laughs> what made you want to take that leap to open up Taqueria 27? Let's get into the history there a little bit. Were the both of you just talking one night and you're like, one thing led to another. You had a few shots of tequila and the next thing you know, you're. That's you're, how great ideas are born. Yeah. Through tequila. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I pulled Kristen into a kicking and screaming. For real? Yeah, because I had always worked for somebody. I always have ideas. I had all these ideas, ideas, ideas. I was the the executive chef of the area at Snowbird at one time. And we lived in the neighborhood around where the original, where the first T27 location is. And I was always coming up to Kristen saying, I'm sick of this job. I want to, let's open this or let's open that. And you know, she was either pregnant or we didn't have any money or, or we didn't have any money or. <laughs> That's not true. She, well, yeah, the we money part. We Life in, doesn't let you have in money. A, in a comfortable spot or a secure enough spot where we could do it. I wanted to open a sushi joint before sushi joints blew up. I wanted to open a pizzeria, you know, a wood-fired pizzeria when really there was only one or two in the state. But I, this this taco joint concept was always the one I wanted to do the most at the end of the day. And it just, we worked really hard to get it, to make it happen. And it's, we got to a spot. I mean, I was the executive chef at Z Tejas. I don't know if you remember that place. I do. In yeah. The down the gateway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. During that time, we were also, uh, my best friend at the time was a realtor and we were buying infill lots in and around Salt Lake and building spec houses. So I was working 60 hours a week in the restaurant. We had a new baby. Kristen was working 40, 45 hours a week in the hospital. And we were building houses, wow. spec houses at the same time. And our last spec house was right across the street from Liberty Park on 9th South and 6th East. Mm -hmm. And we sold that thing by the skin of our teeth right as the recession Ooh. was hitting. And we were like, 
we were done doing that for a while, but it gave us the opportunity to have saved enough money, you know, over the course of seven years of doing it that we had, Kristen always said that we couldn't open a restaurant until we had a year's worth of salary in the bank. And so we did. And she also said that we couldn't open a restaurant unless I could get an SBA loan for it. Oh, wow. So, Which is really hard. Especially when we're in the middle of a giant recession. Yeah. And we want but to get... We had also had, not only had we build spec houses, but we had rentals. Oh, yeah. So we had a business. Okay. So since we had a prior business that was profitable, it was easier to get an SBA loan. A little bit. Because we had a business. You, you already established. Yeah. So, wow, that's but awesome. But they didn't want a loan on a restaurant. I mean, I think our SBA loan to open our first restaurant was something crazy like $80,000. Which isn't the, enough. The hoops and the... Oh, we it took, built that thing on a shoestring. Oh, yeah. man. The airport was doing all their remodeling. Uh-huh. And so how did we even find... Steve Steve from... Oh, right. From, from the coffee joint. Mill Creek. So yeah. we got in touch with this woman and she was like selling... So when you have a restaurant at the airport, you have to remodel every, like, I can't remember, three Five years, years or, or something. Five years seven years. And so they had all of this equipment. So we were just buying equipment from the airport that was being sold for nothing. Oh, wow. And like, we had a trailer. We were on the freeway one day, just like, oh my gosh, we should not the be on the freeway with all of this stuff. We had chairs in the and tables yeah, and, and the coolers. Oh, yeah. just oh, hoping nothing will jump yeah, out. Just anything to save money to get that place open. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Total funny. shoestring. Yeah. Steve Brew, Brewster. Yeah. yeah. Um, from Mill Creek hooked us up with the airport folks. It was really fun. Knee. Funny. So, <laughs> fun and so funny. where is where was the very first location then? Just to even kind of help with the listeners to paint a picture of on of Foothill Drive. Up Foothill Drive. And what year? Two thousand uh, and twelve we opened. Two thousand twelve. So we're in almost two thousand twenty. So for almost eight years. Yeah. I guess I guess this is your seven year anniversary this, of yeah, uh, Taqueria twenty seven. And now you have five locations. Where are all the locations? Just kind of run them off. Do you, do you know? Yeah. Am I by I hope you know. <laughs> yeah. We were at two of them today, actually. Um, the first one's at Foothill. So it's at 1615 South Foothill Drive in Lamplighter Square. It's Lamplighter Square is where liquor store number four is. Funny story. I used to live in Draper when I was in high school. And we would drive from Sandy, you know, South Sandy, to this liquor store to buy booze because they were the one of the few places in town where I could pass off my fake ID. There you go. At 18, saying I was 32, <laughs> to get booze from this joint. The cashier and, was blind. I don't know. They just didn't care. That place, and, and there was a package agency at Snowbird that was pretty fun. The second location we opened was downtown. Um, nope, that was the third. Oh, yeah, it's a third. Sorry. The second location we opened is in Holiday, um, right in the middle of Holiday Center, Kind of by like Tony uh, Caputo's there, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, same, yeah, yeah. That, that exact same development. So we were approached by those guys. Um, that space had sat vacant and, you know, in dirt through the whole recession. Holiday City wanted to pep up the city. And so they basically donated that land to the developer with the caveat that they would put local businesses in it. And so that was, man, that was the, the big leap of faith on that one. It and was, and Foothill was... Luckily, so busy that we kind of needed that second place because we were being told that, oh, well, we won't even go to your place on a Friday night. And that's never what you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. that was a year and a half after we opened the why, original Why location. was it a leap of faith? Like what, what because about it? Because it's, it's a big deal going from one to two. Sure. You yeah. are doubling in size and it's scary and you is probably it, have to like, like start allowing other people to take the reins for a lot of the absolutely, things. Absolutely. You're no longer your fingers aren't in everything anymore and you have to have a strong management team to take over Mm -hmm. and quality assurance is a little bit scary. Well, and how do you keep consistency in two places Mm -hmm. instead of just one and how, how do you keep? Yeah. So we learned a lot from that. And somebody told us that there's only ever once will you, when you will double in size and that's going from one to two. And so that was, you know, going from two to three, was easy. Three to four. You'd already experienced four to five, right? growth. Yeah. Well, I don't know about easy, but not, easier. <laughs> but the doubling, there's always challenges, but the doubling was tough. And like Kristen was saying, it was a huge learning experience because customers would go, and they still do, go to all of our locations 
and they want consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, when they get the salsa crudo downtown, they want it to taste the same in holiday. And we would get emails saying, oh, I went to your holiday location and the salsa didn't taste the same as it does in Foothill. And we had separate crews making it in each location from our recipes, but they weren't making it correctly. Um, they weren't following the recipes. And so that really led to now we have a central commissary kitchen where we produce making the, everything. the majority of our core items out of that kitchen and we and then distribute and we distribute it to the restaurants. Okay. And it's been a really great, really, really great, super hard to get up and going because I think we were building downtown when I started that project. No. So, so downtown was our third location. We were still prepping at each yeah, location we were still prepping then, at the three. and that one's right next to, um, bar, bar X. X and beer bar on second South. Okay. Great, yeah. great spot for that. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And then our, when we opened our fashion place location, which is probably the hardest location we've ever opened. Because is that inside fashion place mall? So it is a part of the main mall, but the only has an exterior entrance. Okay. So you can't be inside the mall and go into any of the restaurants there except the food court. Okay. So you have to go outside the building. It's and- on the northeast side by Macy's. Yeah. By Tremendous Macy's. amount of parking at that place. Why, why do you think that's the most difficult location? Oh, because we were dealing with a national mall company. Oh, and they okay. are just, they're used to dealing with everybody's lawyers. And, you know, we're small business people. And yeah. they are not built to work with small business people. They are built to work with legal teams for Nordstrom's or, you know what I'm saying? Like just these huge companies that come in and they've got 40 restaurants. That's how, you know, we were ill prepared for our dealings with them. It's up, it's open, (laughs) but it was hard. And we were building out the prep kitchen at the same time. Wow. So there's a fifth location, right? Or that was four. That's four. So Lehigh. Lehigh, Lehigh. Okay. We just opened that last By the August. point of the mountain, kind of. On the other side, the by other side. it's called Traverse Terrace. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's okay. a behind tsunami the outlet malls. behind the outlet mall. There's a Harmon's there, which is kind of the anchor. There's a tsunami. Um, That's a great location because of all the businesses. It it's is a great location up. because there are no sit-down restaurants in that, that, that area, area yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I think there's three. I think we're one of three, maybe four now. Um, so we get a tremendous amount of business just because people do want to sit down and yeah, have some they want to have an actual a, a server break, at your table right? instead yeah. of stand in a queue and wait for their food because it is counter service central down there. Oh, yeah, for sure it is. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. We are truly excited to be bringing Mark Miller Subaru on as a brand new sponsor of this podcast. We love how much they do and how active they are here in our local Salt Lake City community. In true Subaru fashion, Mark Miller Subaru isn't afraid to take the road less traveled. That's why Mark Miller Subaru is honored to be Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Mark Miller Subaru's exclusive negotiation-free program is called Promise Price. All vehicles sold at Mark Miller Subaru are competitively priced so their customers know that they are getting an exceptional deal. Everyone, and they mean everyone, regardless of who you know, you're going to pay the exact same price. The price that you see is the price that you pay. Mark Miller Subaru is committed to revolutionizing the car buying experience. By offering people a transparent, competitive, and honest price up front, Mark Miller Subaru can truly focus on providing their guests with a fun and memorable experience instead of one of those tainted negotiations. Mark Miller Subaru actually has two convenient locations that you can visit. They have the Mark Miller Subaru Midtown. This is located 3535 South State Street, right here in Salt Lake City. This is the one that Chrissy and I actually use for our Subaru when we need an oil change or just a little tune-up. Again, that address is 3535 South State Street. And they have a Southtown location for those of you on the south end of the valley. That address is 10920 State Street in Sandy. Go test drive a Subaru today. I know you're going to love it. If you've never driven a Subaru, go try one out. I know that we couldn't imagine living here in Utah without our Subaru. It has gotten us out of some sticky situations, so to speak. You know, snow, rain, you need a Subaru to get around here in Utah. Hey, go visit them at their Midtown or Southtown locations. And many thanks to Mark Miller Subaru for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. 
So are you just kind of managing all these places now, we, or are you actually getting to work at any, like actually cooking, or are you that kind of past what you're doing We now? manage 22 managers. So that's kind of what you're keeping you busy these yeah, days. Yeah, we're more, we now sit in front of our computers and run numbers and drive people crazy, and when <laughs> we go into the restaurants, people drop things and they're scared of us. And <laughs> um, It's hard to be a boss. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Do you miss just having one location? Just the That's, simpleness of that? It was simple because I was still working. I've yeah. always been a worker bee, and I always tell yeah. Kristen that I feel a little bit lost now because I can't work my way out of a problem. Mm. Typically, there's not really a structured part of our day. We kind of run around, not run around, but we kind of put out fires in a way. We, yeah, we manage 22 managers who then manage a hundred and 30 employees and we deal with, God, it's crazy. We deal with purveyors and bills and like Kristen said, computers and why didn't the credit cards batch last night? They're on auto, they're on auto batch. What's happening? Oh, our point of sale guy downloaded a patch that was supposed to make it all better, but it made it all worse. All right, well, we got to fix that before we get open. You know what I mean? Wow. Do you ever just miss cooking? Just get back in the kitchen. I cook at home all the time. Yeah. I I don't have to cook at all. It's great. That's so nice. I actually enjoy this. It's different. It's learning. Every day is learning. You know, I'm learning all sorts of things every day. And the most interesting thing that I'm learning is when you do have just the one, you know, we open to be, we're still super creative, but I could do stuff in our original location that we can't do now. You know, I could, I could cook whatever Mm -hmm. because I could, could because I could go out to the table and, and sell it to the customer. Right. Yeah, But our customer base is so broad now that the percentage of people who want to eat beef tongue the way we do it is too narrow to even bother with it, Mm. unfortunately. So we try to do really cool things that appeal to a broad range of people. One of the most interesting things, phenomena, is we make tacos and put mashed potatoes in them as as a base. And people go crazy for that stuff. We, We have French fries we put in tacos. We it's really fun to do that kind of stuff that people really go crazy for. And each location, downtown, clientele is a little bit different than Lehigh, which is a little bit different than Holiday. And so we learn what sells the best in those locations and kind of cater to that. But we also do super cool stuff like all of the fish that we use in our fish tacos is flown in fresh every day. Oh, wow. And we deal with three different fish purveyors and they send us a text and say, all right, I'm ordering from Hawaii today. This is what's available. You know, what do you want? It's, you know what I mean? It's not a frozen chunk of fish that comes out and is the same all the time. And so that kind of stuff is fun. Yeah. And then just kind of refining what we do is fun. That's what we're doing this year is instead of going like this, we're going like, you know. Really like the, laser the, focusing. Yeah. Just yeah. getting back to what made us, what makes us so great. Let's let's touch a little bit on the menu, and then I want to get into uh, some of this tequila here. Uh, for people listening, there, there's probably quite a bit of people that have never been to one of your Taqueria 27s. What's what's the menu like? What's on the menu? So we always refer to it as fancy tacos and fine tequila. So we have... And Mexican-ish. <laughs> yeah, we are not a traditional Mexican restaurant at all. So... Um, if that's what you're looking for, don't come to us. <laughs> we have, we always think of the tortilla as a vehicle for all kinds of ways to get cool things to your mouth, right? So we have like a, a pork belly taco that's like a BLT. So it's a pork belly, lettuce, tomato, and avocado taco. And we have a grilled pear and roasted beet taco that's like a salad in a tortilla. Um, we do have carnitas, which is kind of traditional. Um, we have a lot of time. So we also have a taco of the day every day. Um, so you'll see cheeseburger tacos. You'll see meat but, and mashed potatoes. But why go cheeseburger with habanero jack cheese? And I call it Mexican fry sauce, right? It's an homage to Utah's most popular topping. And we have a garden and we grow heirloom tomatoes that we use in our stuff in the summertime. And I just cut Kristen off, but that's right. We have a, and it's just, I don't know. It's just good. We use all of our ingredients are really top, top notch. We use black Angus, you know, certified Angus beef in our carne asada. We use 
hormone-free chicken in the chicken we do. And we have a really great core menu of really great stuff. We actually expanded last year and put some enchiladas on. Just, you know, we fold them. Because when I worked at Z, we had this dish called the Santa Fe enchilada. And I was always I like, whatever. They don't make it, make it like this in Santa Fe. But I guess it was three tortillas and they were just stacked on each other. So it was like a circle, right? Everybody thinks about an enchilada and it's rolled. Yeah. Into a into like a cigar. Well, if Santa Fe can have an enchilada that's just stacked on each other, then we can have an enchilada that looks like a taco, right? And so sure. our enchiladas are just folded with all the stuff in it. We make really great sauces to go on them. And, you know, we just added this dish with a grilled shrimp that's marinated in cilantro pesto. It's an appetizer with guacamole on thick cut tortillas that are fried called tostada bites. So they're like oh, little wow. mini tostadas are really good. And balsamic agave reduction on the top, really good. Everything we do is fresh. We make everything in-house. Everything's from scratch. How um, do you guys test, like, when you want to come up with a new uh, menu item? What's the, I mean, especially with five locations, is that tricky to be able to test it and know when to put it out and, you know, add it to the menu legitimately? We don't really add stuff to the menu that often um, because we have so many daily specials. We get a chance and we give our our folks in the kitchen a chance to be creative also. Sometimes things, you know, like the mashed potato tacos are a giant hit. And sometimes things that you think will be awesome and people will love, like, you know, traditional, I'm doing air quotes, shrimp ceviche are huge flops, you know? And so we do all of our experimentation kind of with our specials. And then if something is a hit, you know, like the pear and beet taco that Kristen was talking about, I came up with that on the fly out of my you know, desperation to get a special out when I was working at, at Foothill, you know, mm -hmm. the hood was down and one, a cook didn't show up and we were running behind. I was like, Oh my God. And I've been in the restaurant businesses. I called myself a fancy pants chef, you know, back, you know, whatever, like we'd go out and eat foie gras and taste wine and do all <laughs> that stuff. And so it was, yeah, like Kristen said, it was a pear and beet salad with gorgonzola and balsamic reduction and super big hit. That one actually won like a best taco award from Food Network. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that's kind of awesome. funny. So a lot of the a lot of the best stuff is a happy accident. A lot of the core menu items. I actually developed this whole concept while I was at Z Tejas. They they being the senior management team in Arizona said, "Hey, we want to open a fancy taco place in Scottsdale. Can you put something together for us?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." So I put this whole thing together for them. Taqueria 27. And I presented it to them and they all looked at me and said, you're crazy. That'll never work. Oh, wow. And I said, all right, well, thanks. I'll keep everything in my back pocket for when... You proved them wrong. <laughs> I don't know, but... Let's call them and tell them right now. They know. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> they're kicking themselves. Well, they're, they had a pretty bad downturn, Z did. Um, knock on wood, we don't make the same kind of decisions that they did, but... You know, that, that was a great company, actually. I learned a lot. I learned a lot, a lot about running restaurants. Unfortunately, you know, when I started at that place, it was a from scratch. You know, everything was frozen. When I, when I left that place, it was the opposite. I mean, what, everything was fresh. When I left that place, everything was frozen, oh, right? Okay. We want you to buy frozen salmon because frozen salmon is fresher than fresh salmon. All right. I don't understand how that works, but... Lasts longer, right? Like, Well, yeah, we had... I mean, I developed all these all these relationships with our local purveyors, which I still have to this day. And then, you know, our bosses were telling us that we couldn't purchase them from them anymore because they'd gotten a corporate account to buy 10,000 pounds of salmon for all the restaurants. And that's what we had to use, you know? Well, they're probably so, saving a dollar or two. And well, yeah, I mean, it's worth it. on the one hand, yeah, I get it. Now being a, a business owner, sure, we yeah. want, you know, I don't want to pay $30 for something that I can get the same quality for $25. But on the other hand, we'll also pay a little bit extra for higher quality, you know? And that's what I'm saying about the certified Angus beef and the good fish and, and all those other things. We, uh, we try to do local stuff, but in Utah, it's, it's nearly impossible. It can be, it can um, be kind of tough. Well, I'll give you a story. <laughs> <laughs> we, we looked long and hard for local stuff and we were approached by a, a company that was, they were growing butter leaf lettuce hydroponically. 
then we thought, great, well, you know, it's great. Can you, you know, they wanted us to guarantee a certain amount that we would purchase from them every week. And so I said, absolutely. We'll, you know, whatever we don't, we'll figure out a way to use it up. And it took, this change took about six months to get all of our kitchen staff on board with and ordering correctly. And we were going great for six months. And then we got an email saying, ah, sorry, this week will be our last week of delivering butterleaf lettuce. We're moving to CBD products. Oh, no way. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So we had put it on the menu, locally grown, you know, we were super excited about it. And then yoink, out goes the carpet. And they didn't even give you any warning except for that. They weren't making any money selling Mm -hmm. lettuce, you know, and who knows, right? If, if I was a giant hydroponic and I got my systems dialed and I could grow hemp based products and make 10 times or 20 times or a hundred times more money, like it's a smart move for them. Yeah. yeah, What would I do? But so like I said, we try to use the the highest quality items that are consistently available and then throw in like the wild, you know, the, the curveballs, the tomatoes in the summer or, you know, stuff like that. So this episode of the podcast is brought to you by market source real estate. Hey, if you love the charm and you love the character of old homes, you really need to contact our friends, Monique and Jeremy Higginson of market source real estate. For the past 17 years, they have been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in Sugar House and the greater Salt Lake area. With a background of flipping houses and owning almost two dozen homes themselves, they really know the ins and outs of older homes. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money. If you're looking to buy an old home, they know what to look for in an older home so you don't end up buying a money pit. You can find all their info on their website, that is thinksaltlakecity.com, or just give them a call, 801-810-6773. Again, Monique and Jeremy Higginson of Market Source Real Estate, they are some of the best, you guys. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's talk about this tequila you got going on, because you're, uh, I don't know, I'll let one of you tell tell the listeners about the tequila. Oh, that's Kristen. Kristen so. is the tequila. No, I want you to take shots of them too. Yeah. Here, well, we don't see, so we don't do shots. Like we, oh, we no. See, that's where we're, that's we're where we get, tequila tasting. that's where we get hoity toity. This right? is fancy. Tequila tasting. Tequila, tequila has converted Kristen or I have converted Kristen to tequila. Let's put it that way. So she yeah, can tell have, you all about it. We have a lot of tequilas on our menu. And we're constantly, that menu is constantly evolving because as you know, in this state, we have the Utah Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control, which controls what is available for purchase to anybody, Those are our best um, friends. including <laughs> us. So we have to purchase things from the state just like you do. We have to pay the same price, except we don't pay sales tax. That's the only difference. So there's no bargain for us buying anything um, like there are in other states. Anyway, so um, we have a pretty large tequila and mezcal menu, and you guys know the basics, like the, the basics. Blanco I've... and the Reposado and the Añejos. See, and, and I'm not, not a tequila much. expert. Chrissy is I mean, is I like tequila. tequila. I, I'm not an expert. I just enjoy it. Okay. But I've always wanted to try, um, you said it, and I can't remember the name. Mes- mezcal. Mezcal. I've heard that it's really good. Yeah. So it's very boutique these days too, just like tequila is. Um, So there's a lot of different mezcals that are out there. So mezcal and tequila are very similar, but very different. So um, we talk about tequila like champagne. So champagne can only be from the champagne region. It's a sparkling wine, but other sparkling wines can't be a champagne unless they meet all this criteria, right? Unless they're from Champagne, France. Right. So tequila is the same way. It has to be in Jalisco, and there's a couple that can be right outside of Jalisco, but for the most part, it's only created in Jalisco. Um, it is a 100% Blue Weber agave. Well, it has to be at least 51% Blue Weber agave to be labeled as tequila. Okay. But to all be of ours are 100%. To be 100%. The, the trend is, you know, tequila is 100% Weber Blue agave. And so mezcals are produced similar to how tequila is produced, right? It's an agave-based spirit, but it's not in Jalisco. And it's not necessarily Blue Weber agave. It could be a different type of agave. Okay. Um, it can be... Mezcal's um, in Oaxaca. It's typically... The styles are the same, but different. Tequilas, the piñas are typically steamed. 
in a big autoclave. Mezcal is typically cooked in a over wood, right? Tequila is typically aged in oak. Mezcal is typically aged in pine. So there's there's a mezcal is typically higher alcohol content, but they've reduced that to meet the American palates. It was typically a hundred proof, but now they've dropped it to eighty. But it, everything else is the same. Agave based spirit. You get the sugar from the agave. You distill it. You put the stuff that's straight distilled into a bottle. That's that's called Hoven. It's the clear one. You put the rest in barrels. You age it for up to 364, but not one day longer, and it's a reposado. Anything after 364 days is an añejo. So there's a lot of similarities. It's just the flavor profiles are really different between mezcal and tequila. So we went to Casa Noble, and they have a barrel program. And what that means is that if you are willing to purchase all of the contents of that barrel, you get to go down and you get to taste through a bunch of different barrels that they select that think they think have flavor profiles that are great. And you have this big tasting, and you choose your barrel um, from that tasting, and then they bottle it all up and ship it to you. And that's what we did. So we have our own hand-selected single barrel for Taqueria 27. So can people buy a a bottle of this then? Only if we returned it to the state and then put it back out for the the general public. But this one, nobody else has this except for Taqueria 27. So really it's just a menu item, basically. So it is... um, it was just brought in specifically for us. Just like you can yeah. special order things into the state, we special ordered our own tequila that yeah. we went and selected. That's which so was cool. fun. Um, so we actually brought just the regular Casa Noble Reposado that's you can buy in the liquor store. And then we brought our own in so we can kind of taste it and oh, see, the see the differences between the two. Oh my gosh. This will be fun. Yeah. Well let, let's do let's do the taste test. Let's do here, it. I guess. I don't know. This is Okay. Which so one, this, this is the regular off the shelf. Okay. And the Put one the two in, your... in front of you. Okay. So oh, for, for people listening right uh, hand is off the shelf. Two left different hand glasses. Chrissy and oh, Kristen are doing yep. uh, we're the double tasting fisting here. It. Yeah. Okay. So you can kind of look at them and ours is a little darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For mm. whatever reason, that barrel imparted more color to it. Yeah. Um, they smell, smell really different. Yeah. Yours is, um, it's it's like, I don't know, less harsh. I am not a connoisseur by any means. So it, I think ours has a little, a little more, more oakiness to it. It has yes. more, a little more of the barrel smell. Yeah. There's no right or wrong description. Okay. I, I learned this when I was a wine I, snob. So I will definitely there's, say there's the no right or wrong description. Everybody senses everything differently. But well, it feels like the, the, Regular one has more of a bite in the smell than yours. Todd yep. always says he smells vanilla in the regular one. No, the regular one not being the, the, on, off, the, the, off, the off the shelf, shelf one. You sure? So, so what happens is at the distillery they'll take, they'll go through and their their tequilero, their master distiller will go through and he'll, you know, they'll run a batch right of and they'll get a thousand gallons or ten thousand gallons of tequila and a portion of it will go straight into the bottle and the rest will go into barrels and then the clock starts. And at day, you know, then they'll t- check the barrels and see how they're doing. But at the end of the day, they choose a certain number of those barrels to be reposado. And so they'll dump the contents of those barrels out at 364 days into a giant stainless steel vat where they then blend it to make their their oh, blend. Okay. And the rest in the barrels will be left to age and it will become añejo or extra añejo. And so the cool th- part about that is, is all of this tequila in these barrels was produced at the exact same time in the exact same way putting the in the barrels but depending on where the barrel was placed in the aging room whether it was high or low near or far from the door a new or an older barrel multi-time used barrel or a just fresh you know it yeah, all it does flavor, different right? stuff mm-hmm. and so you can see it in even Color. though these are both reposados mm-hmm. even though they're both produced exactly the same way and aged for exactly the same amount of time they're totally different. You can tell it in the smell, and then you get you'll get oh, it in yeah. the taste. And so, did you? You actually got to go down and test like taste test from all the different barrels. And from this six. Is six, from they, six, they yeah. chose six and that they thought the had you... great 
characteristics. Yeah. And so then we sit down and had a, bi- a big tasting. Oh, that's so cool. Was, that a, really of, fun. was that a lot of pressure, though, to pick your barrel? No. no. It was just fun. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, listen, You're it's in all, the barrel room the you're like, tequila. I like it all. Let's it's just... all a big show, you know? I'm sure yeah. they just went through and they were like, ah, this one, this one, this one, this one, you know? Oh. And then who cares? Those guys. <laughs> It, it was a it really was fun, fun tasting, though. It was, it was a really yeah. like educational. Very it was very educational. educational. The fun, I think the the coolest thing that he talked about was the aroma or the the smell of yeah. the tequila, right? And he said that it's a promise, so it should taste like it smells. So All if right. you smell vanilla and spice and you don't taste vanilla and spice, then it, then it's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> I didn't think that that you. was very. Did you oh, taste them? Okay, cool. I want to okay. taste them because so so let's taste the regular. Let's see yeah, off the regular. shelf. Okay, okay. Off the shelf. No puckering. No. It's really good. Yeah, they're regular. I they're, mean, they're see, and Chrissy is, is the tequila expert. So. I just love tequila. The Did you know it's a probiotic? Well, no wonder I'm so healthy. <laughs> it can, I'm sure it can help you lose weight. I saw a meme on Facebook. It makes you smarter. It makes you more attractive. More athletic. I know the best word, but I think that this is a very smooth, easy drinking tequila. Oh, it really is, though, because a lot of tequilas aren't, they're more fumey. You know, this is not, it doesn't make you feel like you're choking. The and it doesn't have a lot of like spice yeah. to it. It yeah. doesn't, it's not like a super it's hot. It's like subtle. Phenolic. That's that the Has the feedback term. been pretty good on this stuff? We haven't, so we, we haven't, we haven't rolled it out yet. Oh, so we oh just received it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are we the first people besides you that get to taste it? Uh-huh. <gasps> well, maybe their neighbor. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so special. That's cool. So when is it? Uh, when's it going to be available to the public then? Probably the second week in June. Okay. We have to do a training with all of our staff, and we have to, you know, it was a it was a project just getting it here. Oh, I bet it was stuck in customs in L.A. for a long time. We were hoping um, to have it by Cinco we were hoping to, to have it by Cinco de Mayo. It's six weeks behind schedule, just like everything, you know. Yeah. So you mentioned training your your employees. Like, what would you have to train differently on this versus other? Tequila? We just want to show them what we're showing you guys, oh, and okay. and make sure that they know what the story is, and make because yeah. the barrel thing confuses a lot of people. You mean you bought? Did they ship the whole barrel? Did they? No, we bought the contents of a single barrel of, you know. It's, it would have been way cool if we, they had shipped it to us in the yeah, barrel with just a cool tapper on it. That would have been really cool. Be? Yeah, that would have been really. just put it in the middle of the room. Yeah. Not a very good dispensing system for that. Okay. Me- so expensive. This We're going to taste it now. Drink a little bit of sip of water okay. in between those two. I was, yeah. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Did you get any water? I had a little I water. Ooh, okay. So now this next Ready. one that you're taking a little sip of, which one is this? This one is that? their special. So this is our barrel. barrel your barrel, and I, mm-hmm. again, I'm just kind of for our listeners yeah. listening yeah. in the car. So this is the right now. The long title is the hand selected barrel select single barrel reposado. From I don't think co- you got yeah, that right. You say whatever you want. <laughs> we'll just call it the good one. Hey, I, yeah. bo- this I is believe. The good yeah. one. Cheers. It's the it's a different one. Hmm. Hmm. Is okay. that good or what? It almost tastes like like a whiskey or scotch. Yeah, it's totally different than their than their yeah. off the shelf one, right? I mean, it doesn't really taste like tequila, right? It's, but it's like really good. I call that I call that one like a a repayejo because it drinks like an añejo to me, to me personally. And do you feel that? Do you get the cinnamon at the end? I think so. I mean, it feels so I like taste a... something in the like on the back of my tongue on this one that mm-hmm. I didn't get with the other one, and I and it tastes. I think I taste the oak a little bit more too. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, it's. It, I mean. It it tastes more like I'm really bad at describing things, but like buttery or yeah, like, like butterscotch, cinnamon. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's got just a really good flavor. It's I like this one. So oh now you want to go to a Taqueria 27 once they get them in and and go. Have well, a few. you have a downtown location, right? Yeah, yeah we have, I yeah. work downtown. But we have tons yeah. of great tequilas, and like Chris said, tons of great tequilas and mezcals. But we're gonna we're, we're gonna serve this three different ways. Okay, in the restaurant, I'm making a. I'm calling it a classic margarita because. Every time that I've ever been to Mexico and had margaritas built, they always have a combination of lime, orange, and another type of citrus that's really just endemic to to the Mexico region in there. And so with this, because I taste the cinnamon, I'm going to build a a margarita base that has lime, orange, some cinnamon in it. And then we're going to make a cinnamon-infused salt to rim the glass and then shake it at the table. And that's going to be like the classic traditional margarita. And then we're going to do a shot and a beer. I like that. Yeah. So we got, yeah. we hooked up <laughs> with, with the, the Corona beer. guys and we got little glasses, like 10 ounce glasses. 
And because the laws are so fun that you can have <laughs> only one, only one spiritist liquor in front of a patron at a time, no matter what the amount is, no matter if it's a half an ounce or an ounce and a half, Jeez. there can only be one, but you can have a beer and a shot, a beer and a shot or a shot and a glass of wine or a bottle of wine and a 22 ounce Elefino or you know, a Elefino and a bottle of wine and a shot, but you can't have two spiritus liquors. <laughs> it's interesting how we've all learned our ways around these, you know, like these silly little laws. It's like, well, you can do this so and do this you instead have to learn of this. The trick. Oh, we don't the mess with those because really... that's our license. Yeah, yeah. that's true as, so as gonna, restaurant owners. So we're going to yeah. do that. And then we're making, then we're going to do kind of a, what folks think is traditional, but it's not really, but it's fun. We're going to make a sangrita, a sangria, sangrita, whatever, you, it's the same with prickly pear. Oh my so gosh, that kind sounds of so good. Sweet, spicy, tomatoey, prickly pear-y. So it'll be, you know, the tequila and then that to oh. kind of offset. So I am so excited. When you guys get these rolled out, I want to come try all of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, oh you my will. Gosh. We I were mean, really we're, hoping oh, I will. that we could. So our suggestion is if there's two of you at the table, that one of you order off the shelf to Casa Noble Reposado and the other order ours so that you can taste them side by side because that's we can't a good actually idea. put that, two in front of you really at the same time. That's yep. a great date idea. Mm-hmm. That's right? a so really great date idea. If you're listening idea. right now, go do that as a date. There we go. Free date Oh my gosh. Free I can't even, and I can't even tell you guys how good this tequila is. Like, wow. It is so yummy. It's shockingly good. It I really think. is. It's, it's like, you want to sip it. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like our friends at Bar yeah. X, they went and kind of did the same thing with Eagle Rare and they selected a barrel and I tasted it and it's the same thing. It's, it's special, you know, mm-hmm. and this is the only one of this that there will ever be ever, ever, ever. That kind of makes me sad though. Cause what if I want more? Well, it's, oh, I well, you just well get help down us there sell and, it all yeah, and I, we'll go and do it again. Do it another <laughs> <day>. Everybody <laughs> go now. It's just a shots. fun thing to do. It's, it's, you know, it's fun. Do you guys see yourself ever expanding further south, north at all, maybe even doing Park City, or are you kind of going to stick with these five locations right now? I have put right the now? brakes on expansion at this okay. point right now because on expansion. we've grown a lot. I mean, we are looking at our seven-year anniversary, anniversary yeah. and we have five stores and a prep kitchen. So we have really just kind of, you every year we've been opening a store pretty much. And yeah. um, opening a store is not easy. <laughs> it is. Really, especially like the last four weeks, it is all consuming. And so there's a lot of things that go on the back burner because you're opening a store. And so we have all of these things that we can really refine and work on and be better at. We have a lot of opportunities that we can take advantage of. And so we are taking this year to kind of streamline, get everything up to speed, make sure everything's operating the way we want it to. We've invested in a new software system and... Um, we're just really kind of trying to make our business smarter, right? This yeah. year, yeah, in, yeah, it's a good idea. Bigger. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And I don't know. And if then anybody, we'll see where we're at after that. But. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but there is nobody out there that is employable. There are no employees to be had. What, the it's, unemployment rate is so low; it it's, is almost impossible so to hire. It is staff across the board. Store. I mean, oh, take a look wow. at it was at all the help wanted signs Lehigh around and there. For fashion place. Wow, I didn't realize that. And so it's probably hard to find good employees without paying even an arm and a leg. Too, it is hard to find any employees. Yeah, even even anybody. Yeah, anybody. I mean, at this point, you just hire bodies when they walk in the door because yeah. there are no guarantees that you are going to have somebody else walk in the door. It is, you know, I don't I don't want to see an economic downturn, but mm-hmm. I want to see the labor market improve for employers because if yeah. you drive around and start paying attention right now, you will see now hiring signs everywhere. If you just open your eyes to it. But what you don't understand about, or what folks don't understand about that, that we have learned the hard way is that trickles down to everything. So when we built the Lehigh location, it was over budget and over time because none of the subcontractors have employees and the employees that they do have, you know, oftentimes it's their first construction job. And so the quality of construction isn't really what it should be. And and then the suppliers don't have people to supply and, and, and mm-hmm. it is a big problem. So it sounds wow. like we need to get busy and start having more kids, I guess. Right? No, I think we so just thanks. need to be a sanctuary <laughs> city. I mean, yeah. we need to fix the immigration problem. There are people yeah. in this world who want to come in and work and, and make a better life for themselves. And I've been in this business since before there were immigrants working in restaurants and they have made my life 
these folks who come in to make their life better. They've made my life better. They've, exactly, I've learned Spanish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've learned my craft. I've learned these, you know, these, these recipes that we use. And it's, it's sad, you know, that we're at this spot. So I really hope we can allow more, more of that because I think it is healthy for all of us to be more of a melting pot. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? And actually, I meant to ask this earlier too, because we have a lot of gluten free listeners, believe it or not, because I'm gluten free. Oh, yeah. Do you guys, you guys have gluten free options, right? So you know? we're actually gluten-free. very popular with gluten free. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I know I've eaten there in the last couple of years and I've been doing gluten free for about five years. So. Yeah. So the only thing really, other than a couple of desserts in our restaurant that has gluten is our flour tortillas. So cross contamination, like if you're really super sensitive, I, we can't yeah, no, can help you. Yeah. But really, that's it. So you can almost, you can put anything that's on a flour tortilla on a corn tortilla and we do the best we can and we make mistakes. So please, if you're gluten-free, look at your food before you eat it because, <laughs> because it's important because yeah. we, we try really hard, but we are not perfect. Um, but that being said, you can really eat almost everything on the menu at our restaurant. Um, even our churros are gluten-free. Really? So that's we use cool. a, an off-the-shelf gluten-free flour that is awesome and so the churros are gluten-free yeah i just like to always ask again we have yeah, a, yeah. Sure. a decent amount of listeners Tequila we're pretty vegan friendly yeah. we're pretty vegetarian friendly <laughs> i mean so i you can you can do pretty well with a lot of different dietary restrictions but like Kristen said coming from the chef in me always look at your stuff before if you have before you, you know, and word i mean of, word if you have a severe allergy for anybody i mean I, we don't Hopefully ever want to hurt everywhere. anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you have like a piece of advice? Like, let's say somebody's listening that wants to open up their own business, not necessarily a restaurant, but just business in general. Do you have, do you have a piece of advice that you would give them or? Oh, I, I think you should open a credit card processing business because they seem <laughs> to do really well. No, I don't know. It is being a, an lot, entrepreneur. Lot yeah. You are everything. You're human resources. You are your your payroll. Your your everything, and it is all encompassing. And it is your house that's on the line for your small business loan. Not you know what I mean? Like oh yeah, it's it's so interesting because you know if we if our manager doesn't work out for us, then they go to another job. If we lose our business, they come and take my house. Yeah. (laughs) So it is all encompassing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is everybody's lives on the line and that live with you. And um, so, I mean, you have to be really prepared. So there are tons of resources out there that you can utilize. There's a lot of opportunities with, I think it's SCORE, which is helps small businesses get off the ground. They help. Like educate, right? They help. Like I think they help and, you really like, write your business plan yeah. and kind of educate you on how to go about getting started. Yeah, that's um, a good program. Yeah, but I mean, really, like I just make sure that you're ready to be 100 percent invested. But it's the best thing we've ever done, too. Like it's hard work, hard hard work. But um, the payoff for us has been huge, and we're so lucky to have all of these good employees that we do have and all of these awesome managers that make this happen every day. It's amazing how much people will put their time and energy into our business, which is fantastic. And by huge, Kristen isn't saying that we're sitting on piles of cash, but the, (laughs) the irony of us starting our own businesses. When I was working for somebody else, like I said, I was working 60, 70, 80 hour weeks and I didn't Mm -hmm. get to spend any time with my family. And now we spend all this time together because we work together and we live together. We see our kid, we make our own hours, we make our own schedule. Sure. We're on call 24 hours a day, but that's the biggest upside that I've found. And it wasn't like that in the beginning, but we used to have to go to the restaurant to eat dinner so we could see him. Like oh, <laughs> we would walk down and we would sit at the counter and yeah. eat dinner so that we could see him for dinner. Cause he would be there 13 hours a day. Wow. Well, it, 13, yeah, getting started, maybe more. Yeah. Wow. So does your, does your kid ever get a, get involved in the company? The Our family business? Every Saturday. She's working right now. <laughs> hey, hey, nice. Yeah, nice. She started as a dishwasher and now she likes hosting better because you know, the dynamic on the front of the house is really fun interacting with people oh, yeah. and then people tip you. So right. Yeah, that helps. Got the money bug. That's, that's pretty cool. I, I love, love that. We need to switch gears a little bit to, uh, I got a couple of Salt Lake City related questions that we like to ask on each episode. Let's say you have family, friends, somebody who's visiting Salt Lake City, the area this upcoming weekend, for example. 
we always had that one or two recommendations that we would say, oh, you got to go check this out, this building, this area of town, do this hike activity. I don't know if you have any recommendations. I'm a big hiker uh, and I love Milk Creek Canyon. Okay. And it is, I mean, it's 10 minutes from my house. It is just off. It's like 3,800 South and Wasatch. And you just go up the Canyon. I think there's a $3 fee to use the, um, but that's go up fair and down. For, for hiking. Oh my gosh. It's oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And I mean, it's literally, it takes you 10 minutes to get there and you can hike. There's a pipeline trail up there that my girlfriend and I run, we can run 10 miles on that thing. It is Gorgeous. Mill Creek Canyon. I agree with Kristen. This year I'm trying to learn how to have fun again instead of just work 24 hours a day. Is that so, tough for you to kind of change a pace? Well, it's funny because we used to have fun when we were younger, right? Yeah. And now we're consumed or now I'm consumed by my business. And I think, yeah, go downtown and walk around and there's a lot of cool stuff happening downtown now. A lot of bars, you know, remember when Main Street was empty and now it's full of yeah, all these yeah. cool places. I was telling Chrissy that kind of when, when downtown died, when the Olympics and with, yeah. the, with the tracks and all that. Kind oh, of and that. the Crossroads just, Mall construction, yeah, I think, killed it. And, yeah. mm-hmm. But now it's getting lively, man. Yeah. I just say walk around the city. I mean, we're, we're trying to travel a bit. Um, we just went to New Orleans to do some taco research. Oh, nice. Um, it, it rained. You know how hard it rained yesterday here? It rained like that in New Orleans every day day we were there. Oh, man. <laughs> Every it was, day. We were soggy. <laughs> but just walking around cities is fun. And checking yeah. it out, checking yeah. out new new places. Yeah, new popping world. in, you know, don't have an itinerary. Have a have like a hit list of things you want to see if you're here for a couple of days. But then just pop around and see check it, and out. Check it so, out. You know what I saw the other day and I've never been on I didn't know that we had like a, a city tour bus in Salt Lake City. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the and Salt I was Lake like, City we should scene, yeah. we should go on that bus because I have no idea where it stops in you know in what? my own city. <laughs> we we actually interviewed them on uh, an episode of I Am Salt Lake. I can't we remember did. what episode that was off the top of my head, but uh, it was an interesting story because I'm the same way. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, they're right here. I should go do it because we yeah. took a we did one of those in Philadelphia one time when we were visiting out there. And it, it was, was so a, cool, a lot of fun. It is really fun. You get to know a lot of things that you didn't realize yeah. about your own city. Yeah. Another question we like to ask, and it's always fun to ask other like restaurant or food places, uh, do you have other favorite local eating spots that you like to go and have a bite to eat at, one or two, or would you rather not answer that one? <laughs> right down the street, we like that Milakai Noodle House. Oh. We go there all the time, actually. Um, he's really hard to get to eat out in this town. Really? Well, he's being... much better outside of this town. We usually have mm-hmm. your rotation or something, and that's on our rotation. Is it hard to eat out as kind of an elite chef because are you always kind of analyzing the food and seeing how you would do something different or can I plead the fifth on that? (laughs) Turns into work, right? No, it's, I would plead the fifth on that. Why were you? No, no, no. I love everything that everybody's doing down here. I just don't think that I'm cool enough for most of it these days. I mean, I'm 51 now, you know, I'm the old guy who's screaming at the kids to get off his grass. You know, I don't, (laughs) A lot of a lot of the new stuff we haven't been to because we're busy. We have a a fifteen year old kid. You know, we work all day, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, it's seven o'clock. What are we going to do for dinner? And I what's go to bed the, at like nine fifteen. So freezer, how are we you know? going to go out to eat? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Another oh, taco for dinner. Right? <laughs> you know, ironically, a couple of weeks ago we did have taco night at our house, <laughs> and it was really good. And it was we had fish tacos, and it was it was awesome. That's so it, cool. It was, it kind of, it's, yeah, it was fun because it, it brought me back to why we're doing it. You know, it's really fun to eat. Cause I never understand the big deal about tacos, you know, um, cause they're so good, man. Yeah, they are so good, uh, but they're huge, you know, cult followings about tacos oh, yeah. and they're really good, man. Tacos are fun to eat yeah. and our place is super fun because eating should be fun. You know, there shouldn't be. Our stuff is made to share. And so that's, we go to our place, you know, all the time um, as much as we can. And I'm always shocked at how good it is. I'll be 100% honest. And I always leave with Kristen saying, God, man, that was so good. We should go to this place more often. You know, and, but it's really fun because. And you, you happen to know the owners. So maybe yeah, you can get a discount. We got an in. But just sharing and, and that kind of eating, it, it fosters talking. You know, there are no phones at the table when everybody's kind of eating and sharing and conversing and 
you know, that's, that's really fun. That's, I think what everybody should know about our place too, is that you should treat it like a small plate kind of dining. Like don't order your tacos, order tons of tacos for the table and try everything and Go just family have fun. Style. Yeah. Just yeah. do it family style because then everybody gets to try everything. And like, who just wants to that's sit? That's the best way to, that really do. is the best way to do it. What, let's run down again the locations or or the best way for people to find you guys websites all the all the contact stuff I'll let one or both of you kind of rattle those oh off. sure so Tuckeray twenty seven is on Facebook we're on Instagram very easy to find us there downtown Foothill Holiday Lehigh and Fashion Place locations um, they're all on our website www.tuckeray twenty seven dot com and did I hit it off? I think, yeah. So social media, so. go to one of the locations, mention you heard them on I Am Salt Lake. I always tell people to do that. Is there anything, Chrissy always has a final question she'll throw out at you guys, but is there anything that we didn't talk about that you were hoping we would talk about? I know we brought up the tequila. Go try out some of this uh, tequila when you when you get in. It'll and I a, can't even push that enough. It'll be you available need, here If shortly. you like tequila, you have to go at and least get one just do a little taste one little taste of this it yeah. is amazing um we've been working really hard on being a more sustainable business so we don't have um plastic straws we have corn based eco straws that you can have upon request um but we did just sign up with momentum recycling they have a new composting program that i was really excited to be a part of because you know how most composting, you can just put greens and coffee grounds and eggshells. And so you can't put meat, you can't put bones, you can't put tortillas. Their program is, a, I believe it's an anaerobic uh, incinerator, and you can scrape the whole plate. So we are thinking that probably 70 to 80% of our trash that used to go to the landfill will now be turned into compost. Interesting. So we also recycle with them everything we can. And so that really takes a really wasteful business because really people don't eat everything on their plate. It's amazing how much food we throw away and now it gets turned into dirt, which is kind of fun. Very That's cool. so cool. But we also have recycled glass and mixed recycling. Yeah. And so really our goal is by the end of the year to have about 90% of all of our former trash diverted from the landfill and being recycled. So that's pretty cool. We're, you know, that's way cool. Yeah, we're, and all of our fish comes from is like if you look at the Monterey Bay Seafood Watch. Um, you know, we support healthy oceans, so we're trying really hard in an industry that's really wasteful to not be as wasteful. I love it. That's amazing. Just trying. <laughs> well, if you guys could leave our listeners with one piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, what would it be? I expect one from each of you. Really deep, really deep, we guys. We kind of have like a funny family motto. Well, or you could share that one. We're always, all right, you know, you're always trying to fix things and our motto as well, it's better than it was. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is our motto. That is our family motto. It's well, better than it was. Better than it was. <laughs> it's amazing. Many thanks again to Todd and Kristen Gardner for joining us on this episode of the podcast. You can find all the links to connect with them and all the links for Taqueria 27 by visiting our website at IamSaltLake.com forward slash 387. That's for episode 387. Hey, support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. And it is that time of the podcast where we do weekly recommendations. This is the time of the podcast where Chrissy and I give a a little weekly recommendation, whether it's something that we've just discovered this week, something we're enjoying, or something we just really, really want to tell you about. I'm going to go first. This is a really cool find for me, guys. I actually just discovered it this last week. Jim DeBacchus he has a new podcast that I've been enjoying called Inside Salt Lake. A little bit of competition here, I guess, for I Am Salt Lake. No, I don't look at it that way. So if you're listening, Jim, I, I love you, buddy. I don't, don't look at it as competition. You have a great podcast. He, what's really cool with what he's doing, at least the episodes that I've listened to, he kind of gets into some of the, the quirky history 
here of Salt Lake City. Uh, I really enjoyed the episode where he talks about this lesbian boarding house where, uh, you know, you just wouldn't have guessed that. And he actually talks about Madame Paterini, which I didn't realize this for some reason. Ogden's own has the Madame Paterini gin. That is actually named after Brigham Young had a son that liked to dress in drag. So that, that tradition in Salt Lake goes back a long way. Well, and from what, what they were saying on that episode, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but I guess that was kind of a normal way of in- entertainment. Really? Yeah. Like everybody would go listen. They, I forgot what the terminology they called it. Cause they, they weren't called, called drag queens. They were just ma- male entertainers or something. Huh. But that was, that was a very, you know, back in the late 1800s. That's what, I don't know. I don't want to give too many spoilers. Go check it out inside Salt Lake. Jim DeBacchus does that really cool podcast. Yeah. What's, what's your recommendation? I need to check that one out, but mine is also a podcast called Household Names. It's uh, brands you know, stories you don't. And I love this show because it's like, I love quirky history and it's kind of the quirky history of household brands that you didn't really know about. So it's been a lot of fun to learn about like the history of Jell-O and the Jell-O curse or LaCroix and how that came to be popular. And the tra- like Trader Joe's, the two, Trader Joe's. two buck Chuck. That was yeah. a fascinating story. And there's a story. Donald Trump and Pizza Hut episode. I haven't listened to that one, so yeah. don't spoil Pretty it good. for me. Pretty good. Just saying. You should listen. And that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to support our show sponsors, Five Wives Vodka, Mark Miller Subaru, Market Source Real Estate, and KRCL. We'll have links for all of them at our website under the notes for this episode, which you can find at IamSaltLake.com. Hey, and while you're on our website, be sure to check out our back catalog of episodes because we are really close to 400 episodes. So that means there are 400 episodes on the website. And I can guarantee right now there are one or two that you have not listened to. So go find them. Hey, and while you're there, share an episode or two on Facebook, right? And if you want to send us letters, postcards, or packages, you can always find us at P.O. Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. Hey, you have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. Support local whenever possible. And we're going to see you on the next episode. And good night, Grammy.